The best part about this apartment is it's actually in a building that my old coworker used to live in, and it's one and a half blocks from my old apartment. And my friends did not decide to move here until I left. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to be neighbors. It's going to be great. Welcome to the Asian Sewist Collective podcast. The Asian Sewist Collective is a group of Asian people from around the world brought together by our shared appreciation for fiber and textile arts and our desire to see more Asian representation in the sewing community. In this podcast, we explore the intersection of our identities and our shared sewing practice as we create a space for Asian sewists and our allies. I'm your co-host Ada Chen and I'm recording from Denver, Colorado. Denver is a traditional territory of the Ute, Cheyenne, and Arapaho peoples. I'm a Taiwanese-American marketer turned entrepreneur, and these days you'll find me running my all-natural skincare business called Chuan's Promise, that's C-H-U-A-N apostrophe S, Promise, in sharing my marketing tips on my blog. Most importantly for this podcast, you can find my sewing at i.hope.sew on Instagram. And I'm your co-host, Nicole. I'm based outside of Chicago, the original homelands of the Council of the Three Fires, the Ojibwe, the Potawatomi, and the Odawa people. I'm a Philippine-American woman a lawyer by day, and a sewing enthusiast the rest of the time. You can find me on Instagram at Nicole Angeline Sews. Before we dive into this week's episode, Nicole, can you tell us about your current sewing project? I can. I'm finally, I technically have not finished it yet, but I'm finally (laughs) almost going to finish something. And I brought it because it's really cool and I kind of don't want to give it to my (laughs) brother-in-law. I've said I was going to make him a crossbody bag for years literal years. And, um, I, I finally, it's all ready except for, uh, I'm waiting to, I'm trying to find a good buckle for it, a buckle closure. And this is the green style adventure bag. Uh, it's relatively new. It's made completely from like remnants or scraps that I have, except for the webbing, which I don't remember where this is from. So the exterior is a deep green, like upholstery vinyl. And this is my first time working with upholstery vinyl and it's fine. It's fine. My machine was fine, but I see why you might need a heavy duty machine when it comes to like the thicker stuff. It's also my first time working with metal zippers. The zippers are reclaimed. So it's actually a really cool like gunmetal with gray on it. It's professional looking. I don't want to give this to him. Um, And then the inside is just a navy blue quilting cotton with Superman bias binding. So yes, my brother-in-law is 39, but he loves Superman. And I didn't want to him not to use it in case like you open it up, it's just all Superman in there. <laughs> so I just used it as the bias binding. And I think it looks really cool, but um, I guess I will give it to him. I mean, that's awesome. Oh, that zipper sound is so satisfying. Yeah, it actually is really, really cool. Uh, hopefully he'll be like, Thanks. It's not really my style though. And that would not offend me at all because number one, I'd rather give you something that you want. And number two, I'd get to keep it. So I'll just be like, I'll take this back. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted to show you I'm almost done. Almost done. Oh, that's what gonna a- be epic. <laughs> what about you, Ada? What are you working on? I also sewed for a man. <laughs> I, sewed us. For- <laughs> I sewed for my partner for the first time. And I know it's like a very big marker in your (laughs) progression that you would sew for somebody else um, that is a piece of clothing, at least for me. So my partner has been complaining or looking for sweatpants and joggers for years at this point. He has two pairs and one is like a a polar fleece, like feels like a blanket. And one is kind of a more technical 
technical fleece, I guess is how I would put it, like an athletic wear fleece. Mm -hmm. So while I was unfortunately in a big box store hunting for big four patterns for Koss, who's another producer and contributor to the pod, I came along one of those 199 sales and there happened to be a simplicity pattern at the top. So I sewed a simplicity 9379, which I think I took a picture and posted on my stories. They actually have two Asian models on the cover of the packet, but then they just did them so wrong by putting the, like the colors are weird that they picked. Like the woman is in pink and um, the other model is in like a royal blue and army green outfit together. And they're like all sweats and they did the weirdest views. Like there are normal views in this pattern, but they did the weirdest ones. And it's just like, I was like, well, I kind of got to buy that pattern for A, the representation and B, I do need a sweatpants pattern and I'm not going to be doing drafting this myself or tracing his ready to wear pants. Like, no. And so I got it and I was like, it's $2. It's fine. Um, Big for quote unquote unisex and Men's patterns are also similarly trashed to the women's patterns because the ease is ridiculous. Like I chopped off four legs or four inches on the legs. Wow. And then after I sewed it up, he came back with feedback like, okay, well, <laughs> the crotch is like four inches too long. And I was like, what do you mean the crotch is four inches too long? How does this make any sense? Why would this be a small? And so, um, Yes, I believe I will be adjusting that pattern for rounds two and three because I did order some more technical fleece from Discovery Fabrics up in, they're somewhere in British Columbia, I think. But mm. uh, yeah, they have a bunch of outdoor wear and technical fabrics. So we're going to try it again and we're going to consider that first one a wearable toile and wearable by like inside our house. In the house. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's a, uh, that's. It's still wearable. A success, a more successful wearable toile will be you could wear it outside of the house. But fair enough. I just pulled up the pattern. Yikes! <laughs> <laughs> we'll have a we'll have a picture in the show notes. It's it's not cute on the pattern. Package. It's a cool pattern. But when you said there's two Asian models, I was like, oh, that's cool. And then you said, but I'm like, hmm, let me see. They really yeah. just got wrong. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Okay. Well, fingers crossed for a second successful non-toile hopefully <laughs> thanks hey podcast listeners looking for a way to support the asian solace collective well we have a great way for you to do that now and we are excited to announce our first set of merch we've launched a limited edition set of woven labels on our coffee page so ko-fi.com slash asian solace collective and you can get a pack of five woven labels custom designed by our very own producer, Mariko, with some cute sayings from seasons one through three, like this was a panic sew, forgot to pre-wash, or made with fabric purchased while traveling. And they all have really cute designs on them that you should definitely go check out on our Instagram and on our coffee page. And to get your very own set of five labels, you will be supporting the podcast and helping us bring you new content and new guests week after week. So head to ko-fi.com slash Asian Sewist Collective. Welcome back to another Asian Sewist Collective episode and happy Lunar New Year to those of you who celebrate it. Yes. Gongxi uh, Fatai to our Mandarin speaking listens and Sehebok Mani Padaseo to our Korean speaking listeners. And there we go. I've used my two Asian languages and ten thousands, tens of thousands of dollars of tuition. <laughs> 
Sehebok mani padaseo is a greeting to wish good fortune in the new year in Korean, and gongshi fatsai is, well, to kind of put it bluntly, it means how, uh, hope you get rich in Mandarin. If you've watched the Ronnie Chang stand up comedian uh, special on Netflix, you will understand that joke. If you don't know who he is, he is a Malaysian comedian and an actor you may recognize from Crazy Rich Asians, Song Chi, and the Legend of Ten Rings, or his long-running correspondent series in The Daily Show, formerly with Trevor Noah. I don't think I've seen the full special, but I think maybe you sent me a clip and it's hilarious. So you can definitely Google Ronnie Ching's special. I personally don't celebrate Lunar New Year and there are Asian cultures out there that don't. So let me shed some light on this particular occasion. Lunar New Year is the beginning of the new year according to the lunar calendar, as opposed to the solar or Gregorian calendar i.e. the calendar most of us tuning in today use. The lunar calendar is based on the monthly cycles of the moon's phases, hence the name. Some countries use the lunar calendar to determine religious festivals and national holidays. The first day of the new year on the lunar calendar starts on the new moon, closest to the midpoint between the winter solstice and the spring equinox. So this usually lands somewhere between January 21st and February 20th on the Gregorian calendar. And this year it falls on January 22nd, but if you're listening to this beyond 2023, I can't help you Google it. This is the biggest holiday of the year in many Asian cultures, including China, Taiwan, Vietnam, and South Korea. Japan actually did used to celebrate the Lunar New Year, but they switched to the Gregorian calendar in the 19th century, so about 200 years ago. In South Asia, parts of India, Nepal, and other regions partake in some form of celebration during this occasion too. The Asian diaspora also celebrate Lunar New Year, although it's worth noting that folks in each country have their own ways of celebrating that are unique to their cultures. It's also worth noting that there are other countries and cultures in the world that celebrate the New Year according to their own non-Gregorian, but also non-Lunar calendars. So their New Year is at a different time from Lunar New Year or January 1st. So for instance, in Afghanistan and Persian cultures and others, Many celebrate Norwas, which falls on the first day of the spring equinox. So if we're going by the Gregorian calendar, this usually falls sometime in March. We'll link to some resources that explain what Lunar New Year is, who celebrates it, and how they celebrate it in our show notes. In general, during the approximately two-week celebration for Lunar New Year, people make time to travel to see family and feast together. But as Ada said, many cultures have their way of celebrating this holiday. You can check out our Lunar New Year post on our Instagram last year to see some anecdotes from our followers and collective members. And keeping in theme with the Lunar New Year, today Nicole and I are joined by Breen Campbell and Wendy Chow. Breen and Wendy and Kathy Louie, a quilter based in Malaysia who is unfortunately able to join us today, are the three individuals behind the Lunar Zodiac Quilt Project. So this quilt is made up of multiple animal block patterns which surround a New Year's Blessings mini quilt pattern. The animals featured in the quilt are the animals of the Zodiac legend, with a couple of variations to accommodate the slight differences depending on culture. So for example, the cat instead of rabbit in Vietnam, the sheep instead of goat in Korea. This is why the quilt features 12 animals, but there are 14 different animal block patterns available for purchase. That's a really high level description of the quilt, as we're sure its creators have more to say about it. And with that, we'd like to welcome Bereen and Wendy. Hello. Hi, everyone. For those tuning in today who don't know you, could you both tell us a bit about yourself, including your pronouns? I'll go first. All right. So my name is Wendy Chow. 
Uh, I use the she and her pronouns. I'm Chinese-Australian, born and bred in Perth, Australia. Uh, My parents are originally from Hong Kong. Uh, I got married to an American a little over four years ago and relocated to New York City, which is where I'm now based. Um, And I'm the founder of The Weekend Quilter. So I design and write quilt patterns to share my passion for quilting and to inspire a new generation of quilters. I also co-host a podcast called Quilt Buzz, and I'm the author of Urban Quilting and the Quilted Home Handbook, which comes out end of January 2023. So I guess it's a few days after this, a few days before this podcast airs. And I'm a proud dog mama to Truffle the Corgi, which you sometimes might see her on my Instagram account. I'm Breen Campbell. I'm originally from Cape Town, South Africa. I've been living in Canada for about three decades, and I came here via Dubai and London, UK. I design quilts under the name Happy So Lucky. I also coordinate community projects revolving around quilting, um, and I do fundraisers. And I also run a bursary fund called the Handmade Collective Award at the Toronto Metropolitan University. And a bursary, for those of you in the States who don't know that word, is actually a scholarship fund for financial need. And it's a BIPOC and LGBTQ bursary. I had never heard the word bursary. So uh, thank you for teaching me a new word today, Wendy. Ada and I like to kick off our episodes by talking about our current sewing projects. And we also welcome you both to do the same. So Wendy, what are you working on right now? So I'm currently working on promoting my second book through the Quilted Home Handbook. I'm also preparing to teach for the first time at QuiltCon 2023 at the end of February this year. And so I'll be co-teaching with another small Asian business called Prequilt, and they're based in Toronto, Canada. So we're teaching them on how to use the quilting design app. I'm also hosting a social scrap swap at one of the on one of the evenings. So students will swap scraps and create a mystery mini quilt using quilters grid interfacing. And I can't share too much about it yet, but I'm also working on book three and a few other patterns and collaborations. Wow, exciting. Yeah, so a lot of busy stuff, a lot of things happening in the background. Um, Not too little time, so yeah. Of course. And Barreen, what are you working on? Well, usually my schedule is super jam-packed. I'm kind of a workaholic and I work all the time. But uh, in December, I have somehow injured my back. And so I have not sewn for the past six weeks, which for me, that is pretty much an unheard of scenario. So I have a few patterns that I had in the works, which I I just recently released my Happy So Lucky Tiny's Valentine pattern. I'm sort of on a bit of a tiny piecing bender. And so these tiny series are are tiny's patterns. Some of the blocks are as small as an inch by an inch. And then I have another pattern that I am hoping to get out in the next few weeks uh, which is a banner pattern similar to my stitch on and letter rip banner, which are the ones in the background here. But I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to get that out because, as I say, I can't sew right now. Um, so waiting on some news from, I guess, doctors or maybe just the healing powers of the healing gods. But for now, sewing is not really on my uh, agenda, sadly. And do either of you, I know you haven't been sewing, (laughs) do either of you participate in other fiber arts outside of quilting or sewing? Just purely quilting. I wish I had enough time to explore other fiber arts. I do some hand applique and a bit of embroidery, but um, 
I haven't been doing any of that right at this moment. I don't knit or crochet. I would like to be able to, but I don't. Oh, we had a whole episode about knitting and then I attempted to make a hat. (laughs) Don't look too closely at the hat. (laughs) I say big needles and big wool. That's the only way to go because I'm I'm too patient. But you make tiny one-inch blocks. I know. It doesn't make sense. But, um... but the one-inch block, here's what I will say about piecing. And like overall, I know there's different types of piecing. When you finish that one-inch block, you will be you put that into something else and it becomes an, a finished quilt or accessory or object or clothing. And that will have taken you less time than it took me to cast on this hat five times exactly <laughs> also people that you sew you look at what you're doing when you're sewing but my friends that are like I have a friend who's an ace knitter and she just sits there and has a conversation and she's not looking at what she's doing and she watches tv or she drives in the car and I I just don't know how to do that I don't know how to uh I don't have that, that gift <laughs> I know Mariko, who's producing this episode, who who does knit and sew, probably has thoughts about this. I'm just saying my personal experience with knitting <laughs> and other fiber crafts has always steered me back to sewing. It's knitting season. Uh, that's I feel like a lot of what I'm seeing on Instagram from my n- folks who I follow for sewing are all knitting. And it is influencing me a little bit, but not enough. I am not ready to to, to jump to that, like Ada, you were influenced by our conversation uh, that we had for our other podcast. So, and switching gears, at the start of this episode, we gave a really brief introduction to the Lunar Zodiac quilt. But in your words, uh, what is it exactly? And we'll start with Bereen. Uh, the quilt is a collaboration between Wendy and myself, and then Kathy Loy was kind of a consultant, I guess you could say. It has a large center block that's about, I think the image itself is about 16 inches square, Wendy, correct? About. And uh, that's of the Fu character. Did I pronounce that correctly? I think I did. Blessings block. Um, Wendy can jump in and correct me if I'm wrong. And it's surrounded by the tw- a border with the 12 animals in order of the Zodiac story, which thankfully Kathy corrected me on the order of the animals because I didn't have them in the correct order because I wasn't aware of the fact that there was a whole story. And so the pattern itself comes with the story of Luna Zodiac, which Wendy wrote and Kathy also consulted on, as well as um, some information regarding color symbolism and the feasts and the food and the traditions and uh, some photographs from Wendy and Kathy's families. Anything you want to add, Wendy? Yeah, actually, well, it really started off, um, you know, the your 12 blocks really started off back in 2019, right, Breen? Like you designed that first quilt block, which was the pig, and then you turned that into a pot holder. Yeah. As a small gesture for a family friend who hosted the Lunar New Year gathering that year. And yeah, Kathy was really kind of like the matchmaker for us. <laughs> yeah, she really was. It wasn't supposed to be a quilt. In the beginning, uh, as Wendy said, I had just, I was going to my friend Jackie's house for dinner and her mum gum always made this amazing feast and she would invite us for dinner. So I made her a little pot holder of the pig. And um, then the next year I did the same again. And so then I, when I started releasing the patterns for them, I did them as a little mini fundraiser every year 
for an organization called the Yarrow Society. It's an intergenerational uh, organization in downtown or Chinatown in Vancouver, uh, and they support Asian seniors. And then this year, I had done the, uh, sorry, 2022. When I say this year, I'm taking mean last year. In 2022, I did the Tiger. And then I saw Ada's post on the Asian Stories Collective about businesses that were non-Asian businesses sort of cashing in and taking advantage of and culturally appropriating uh, a Lunar New Year. And it suddenly occurred to me, even though I had tried to do it right by doing a fundraiser, I wasn't sure if I was getting it right. And I thought, oh my gosh, maybe I've crossed the line here. I should not make any more of these blocks. So I came to a screeching halt and decided that was it. No more lunar blocks. Uh, I'll just leave them as animal blocks. And then a short while after that, I received this message from Kathy Loy on Instagram, and she wanted to know when I was going to be finishing the blocks. And I said, well, here's the thing. And we had this wonderful conversation where I, I said to her, I kind of decided to stop for this reason. And she explained to me how much this meant to her. And she said, you don't understand. I need to finish this. I've been waiting for you to finish this. I've already <laughs> allocated a space on my wall. She sent me a picture of the wall where it was going to oh, go. Oh, my God. <laughs> and she said, um, there aren't any Asian designers designing this kind of pattern. And so I, I'm reliant on you to finish it. And so I said to her, okay, well, let me, let me do some consulting first. And so I reached out to Ada and she and I had a Zoom call about it and discussed how we might go about doing it in an appropriate way. Um, and Ada, you can give your feedback on that in a minute if you want. Uh, and I also spoke to some friends here locally and decided that I could continue to do it if I consulted with Kathy, making sure that it had the correct cultural information in it and also that there was some way of giving back. So honoring the traditions versus you know, doing it in a disrespectful way, not that I was being disrespectful before, but just trying to get it right. And so I did the 12 animals and then we had these 12 animals and Kathy was quite excited about that. And then I said to her, you know, I don't want to be funny, but it kind of looks like just a whole bunch of animals designed by anybody. And it doesn't look specifically lunar zodiac. It feels to me like it needs something that's going to pull it all together. And so uh, she actually sent me a screen grab of the pillow that I had made that year, which I, it was my project, but it was of Wendy's pattern. So it was quite funny. And I said to her, well, that's, that would be perfect, excepting that's not my pattern. I can't put that on my quilt. And she said to me, well, why didn't you ask Wendy? And so I thought, that's a great idea. So I, and I, Wendy and I had connected the year before with the Asian Love Banners. So I reached out to Wendy and Wendy was keen and I put it together digitally and it was just, it was like it was meant to be. And so then we became this sort of little, uh, the Three Stooges in a way, we became this band of, of collaborators and it was great. We had some, um, a lot of great conversations and, you know, Wendy gave her input and then we had some testers. We had Christina from Sweet Potato Quilts. And um, also Amy Newbold from Sotopia was consulting. And so we had a lot of input, which is where we got to the stage of, we, you know, when Amy had said, well, we don't have a rabbit in Vietnam, we have a cat. And so 
and so it was really good to have all that information. And um, in the end, it's not your average quilt pattern. It's a whole story. And um, Wendy, anything you wanted to add to that? Yeah, actually, so the the Foo character that's in the middle actually designed it back in 2019. And it was actually something that came from my mom. So she wanted a new set of cushions for her home to celebrate the Lunar New Year. And so she specified, I want a Foo cushion cover. So with... <laughs> typical Asian mom. And so I was like, all right, fine. Like I have a little bit of time at hand. So I created it. Um, but then for a little while, I actually did release it as a pattern. I didn't release it until 2021. And I guess like there was a bit of like sort of like nervousness around releasing that as a pattern. I wasn't sure what was the feedback going to be like? Would it actually sell? Because, um, you know, with my audience, it's, you know, mostly non-Asian. But surprisingly, it was a really positive feedback. It's actually become one of the the highest selling quilt patterns that I have on my website. So it was a huge surprise. And, you know, the collaboration between Barine was and Kathy as well, our matchmaker, my quilting auntie. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's, it's been fantastic, especially it's been a great platform to be able to share the origin stories behind the Zodiac animals. Growing up, I've heard about it. Um, my mom's told me the story, but revisiting it as an adult now, like it's it's so different and it was lovely just learning about the order of the animals this time around and I actually do remember it and putting the blocks together, sewing them in order in clockwise, uh, the layout of that quilt makes it memorable. <laughs> and thank heavens Kathy corrected me on that because some of the animals were facing, when I put them in the right order, they were facing outwards, so away from the centre block. So I had to redesign the blocks to face inward, just flip them. Um, so thank goodness C Kathy mentioned that and brought that up. There was also a few other amazing things that happened in the process. So one of them was uh, when Wendy and I were having a conversation, I said to her, it would be great if we could get our quilts quilted or long-armed by Asian long-armers. And I have a friend in Vancouver, um, Laura Gates from Poppy Seed Quilting, who did mine. She's Japanese, so she doesn't celebrate Lunar New Year, but she was so excited to be part of the project. Um, but in conversation with Wendy, I said it would be great to have like somehow a list of Asian long armors in the pattern. And Wendy suggested reaching out to the Long Armors League, which I'd never heard of before. Um, it's a, a woman called Jess, and she has this whole program for long armors, which is quite amazing. And uh, when I reached out to her, she agreed to put together the option for people that were not members because it's a paid membership but people that are, were not necessarily members or were members, but anyone who long arms to join this diversity and inclusion list of long armers. And Wendy got hers quilted by, who, who was yours quilted by again, Wendy? Um, yeah, so I ended up getting it quilted with Rosie um, and her business is called Stitch Panda Studio, which I've never right. heard of until uh, we started working together. Um, on this project I think it was you'd originally included her as one of the recommended uh, right. allowers yeah so Rosie's based in California 
The other, the other awesome thing that happened is Kathy lives in Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia, and she is connected to a shop there called Benina Quilt Friends, I think is the name of the store. And they reached out to us and said that they would like to host these workshops for Lunar New Year this year for people to make the quilt together. And so for them, the pattern was quite expensive. And so we decided to do a little subsidizing for them. And they have now hosted three workshops of these women's and they've been posting these amazing pictures of just rows of quilters that have super enthusiastically made these quilts. We ha- I had a, a Zoom call with them on the first day of the workshop and they were just buzzing with excitement to make this quilt. And it's just been really a beautiful thing to see how many people have been involved in this project. And it's not, you know, normally as a quilt designer, you sit on your own in your studio and you design your thing and you make your thing and then you promote your thing. And then that's the end of that. And this has been such a beautiful journey of discovery and learning and sharing and friendships. And it's just been amazing. So one of my favorite projects ever, for sure, for that reason. I'm just going to shamelessly plug the project and all of the things before I ask you my next question. So Wendy, when you were saying, oh, I think I released the New Year's mini blessings quilt in 2021. I, I was one of the first people to be like, I'm buying that. Oh, really? Because I think Aww. I saw your photo. I was like, oh, I want one. And so I made it and it was not my first quilt, but definitely the smallest one so far. And uh, I am not, I'm a garment sewer. So I'm kind of like, what are seam allowances? So I will say (laughs) that it's not completely straight if you look at it. And I probably could have done a better job on the quilting aspect. But now it's like this nice mini quilt that kind of hangs over a, it's like a nice home piece. Like it's in my home office which is cool. And I wanted to, I've been meaning to for over a year now, make another one in like a deeper red with like a black instead of, I think on mine and on the sample, it's like a yellow gold for the character. I want to make one in black so that you can kind of make it very similar to the paper hangs that people have around their house around the lunar year. But it is, if anyone is like listening to this and they're like, I don't, I can't quote, I don't know how to do this. It's, so simple and you kind of are kicking yourself halfway through because you're like why did I think this is going to be like that hard because you're just piecing it together in a very logical way I think and then you end up somehow magically like an hour later with this whole shape and character so highly highly recommend still need to maybe I'll be better at binding or maybe I'll make a pillow like your mom wanted (laughs) (laughs) and then I do have the tiger block, but we actually, I think Barine and I ended up connecting back in season two after you partnered with Amy from Sotopia on the Asian love banners, which I also haven't had that made yet. <laughs> um, but the tiger one, I think I have as well. Cause I was like, Oh, this will be really cute. Cause I had a lot of friends having babies in the year of the tiger. That didn't happen uh, for many reasons. I'm still a little averse to the piecing, but I printed it out and it's so stinking cute. Like, I cannot explain how cute these animals came out that I was originally like, oh, I'm just going to get the animals when my friends are having babies. And then the little banner will be like part of their gift. And then I ended up making full on quilts for these people. So (laughs) maybe I made it harder for myself and I should just rewind and do do the little (laughs) piece. But like, 
if you read through, I read through the instructions multiple times, Breen, because you said I could do it. And I was like, I can do it. And then the thing that got me hung up was cutting out the fabric. <laughs> so I, I will clarify, there's a difference between the technique in Wendy's section of the yes. quilt to mine. So Wendy's is traditional piecing. So for those of you that don't quilt, what that means is you cut all the pieces out before to the correct size. And then you sew them together with your quarter inch seam allowance and it all just comes together. So with traditional piecing, there's more work initially when you're cutting, but once you have that cutting done, it comes together quite quickly. My section, which is the animal blocks, are using a technique called foundation paper piecing. So with foundation paper piecing, you have paper templates that you print out and you actually sew through the paper and you sewing sort of back to front. I have lots of YouTube video tutorials. So for those of you that might want to try it, I encourage you to go to my YouTube channel at Happy So Lucky and you can learn how to do it there. It's just different. You don't pre-cut the way you do pre-cut for traditional piecing. And there's a little bit of a learning curve in the beginning, but once you've learned to foundation paper piece, there's this whole world of patterns available to you that are really fun and um yeah, so that's sort of the difference. If you ever wonder how those teeny tiny patterns get made, the videos are very helpful. I just have, here's the thing. I buy quilting cotton like I buy garment fabric. <laughs> <laughs> so like I have like two yard pieces and I right. and it's an eight and a half by 11 sheet. And I was like, dear God, how do I do this? <laughs> and just the sheer, I think the sheer panic of looking at it and looking at my fabric stash going back and forth, I was like, no, but I am, I will publicly commit on the podcast now. I will try it and get it done this lunar new year, this lunar year. So I myself have bought some of these patterns as well. I haven't made any of them or printed them. It was more like a, maybe I'll get to it, but also I want to support like the, the, the work that, that you all are doing and the, the charity work as well. Um, so it's interesting, Breen, that you brought up the foundation paper piecing and then the more traditional quilting style. And I know I'm a little bit more familiar with your work, Breen. I know you do. It's a lot of foundation paper piecing. And I have watched the YouTube videos, but I haven't gotten the courage yet. So I want to ask Wendy, like, how would you describe your quilting practice? Do you have, do you work with a more traditional piecing or a mix of both? And, you know, how does it, how, how would you describe your quilting style, I suppose? Um, so with my quilting style, I, it's more sort of modern sort of style. Um, I like to use bold geometric shapes and colors, sort of unexpected color combinations. I also like to sort of riff off, um, traditional quilt blocks and kind of give it more of a traditional spin to it. So I started off as with traditional quilt piecing and that's how I learned but actually working more with, you know, Brain with like foundation paper piecing, she's kind of got me a little bit hooked onto that. So I've kind of caught the foundation paper piecing bug. And, you know, by actually creating the Zodiac animals uh, for my quilt, it's made me feel more confident with the technique and cutting out different angular shapes and fabrics for the project. And I've also started dabbling into creating foundation paper pieced patterns as well. Yeah. Love it. Um, this might be a weird question, but Nicole and I have never actually met in person. So I'm wondering if the two of you and Kathy have ever met in person and how it's been 
kind of collaborating across both borders and many time zones. None of us have met in person. However, I do have a sister that lives in New Jersey, just 45 minutes drive from New York. So I do definitely plan on meeting Wendy. I would love to be at QuiltCon. I was contemplating going to QuiltCon this year, excepting now with my back that totally out of the picture, I think. Um, but I think it definitely will be in our future to meet. And uh, I haven't ever been to, I've tra- traveled a fair bit in Asia, but I've never been to Kuala Lumpur. But I do hope to one day meet Kathy. But we've had a great time on Zoom and, and Instagram chat and it's been really fun. It was very easy. There was no awkwardness. Luckily, everybody speaks English really well. I think Kathy was a bit concerned initially, maybe if her English wasn't good enough, which I don't know why. She speaks excellent English. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was just really easy. We all just kind of gelled immediately, didn't we, Wendy? Yeah, we did. And you know, with the different time zones as well, like talking to Kathy and KL, it wasn't too bad because you know, pretty much all my family and friends are back in Australia and Hong Kong. So yeah, it wasn't wasn't anything unfamiliar. Yeah. And I think that we were all just so enthusiastic about it. And so, you know, whenever there was a question or an issue or, you know, we weren't sure about the facts with, with regard to the pattern and the cultural stuff, you know, we would just put it out there and then everybody would just thrash it out. And there was never any moment of awkwardness. It was just great. We just kind of gelled from the get-go. And when, when I, when Kathy first reached out to me and I said to her, we need to have a Zoom call to chat, it was just like, as Wendy said, it's like speaking to your quilting auntie. She was just kind yeah. of in there and she's very connected. And I suspect, not knowing her personally, I suspect she's incredibly organized and connected. <laughs> she comes across as very organized to me and she's kind of got her finger on the pulse. So yeah, she yeah, you know, it was amazing. She was like a matchmaker, basically, between us. So it was great. And you'd be pretty surprised. The quilting community is really nice and everyone is just so friendly. And you can mm-hmm. just simply reach out to a stranger and be like, hey, and ask them any question. And they're most likely to respond and be really nice about it. Um, I've heard in other sort of fiber arts communities, it can be quite catty or like, pretty vicious um so like a little lot of the time as well like when I've been to quite a few quilt cons already there are a lot of people kind of you know know each other from just simply their Instagram handle and they've never ever met before and that's the same with how I met uh Laura from Prequilt for the first time we were just strangers on inst we're just strangers on Instagram and then all of a sudden you know she's like hey let's you should go to quilt con and I was like all right I'll come meet you down in Nashville. And, you know, growing up, you're taught not to talk to strangers, especially on the internet. So, and that's the same how um, with how Quilt Buzz, our podcast, came about as well. It's just through talking to strangers on Instagram and then meeting them in person and realizing that, hey, we have a lot in common and you're really cool. <laughs> Sounds a lot like how our podcast got started. <laughs> Yeah. And I've only met one other collective member in person um, because Arthi came to me. So, um, to, like to Chicago. Arthi also came to me. <laughs> Resident <laughs> Coulter in our room, Arthi has been to all of us. <laughs> I will meet you one day, Ada. I think Soon. maybe this year. Yeah, maybe. Maybe I should just not go, though, and we'll just keep this mystique going about not meeting each I other. I have your address. I'm just going to show up one day. <laughs> Give me some warning because look at this mess. 
Well, since this is a Lunar New Year themed episode, how do either of you celebrate Lunar New Year um, if you do celebrate it in the first place? Okay, I'll go first. Um, Yeah, so I do celebrate Lunar New Year. More so, I would say since I've moved to the US, less so just because it's just mostly, it's just my husband and I really. And we do have elderly or like older sort of relatives. So one of Brian's aunt, she normally organizes it. And the last couple of years, we haven't really got together just because of COVID. They're deemed as like a higher risk, uh, sort of like, how should I put it? Like a higher risk of, you know, contracting COVID. So we didn't want to put them at risk and harm. And also, um, I think just really the height of the pandemic with the whole like, you know, anti-Asian hate sort of sentiment, we just felt that it wasn't really safe for them to travel from one side to the other side of the, the city to meet up, but hopefully we can get together again this year and do something. So I, as a non-Asian person, we don't have a family tradition of it. However, through my friend Jackie, we sort of have a family tradition of it, but her mum this year has moved into a seniors uh, centre. And so I don't think she'll be making dinner this year. Uh, and I'm not sure whether I'll be seeing Jackie, but we for sure will be going to the parade in Chinatown um, in Vancouver. And probably also going to Newtown Bakery, which is this little restaurant slash bakery in Vancouver, which we go to really often. In fact, I actually shot my Lunar Zodiac quilt in their kitchen in amongst all the steaming buns with Chef, who's <laughs> super excited about being in the shot. Um, and so we'll just go and celebrate that way probably and enjoy it. And also making the donation from the fundraiser because at the moment, the Lunar Zodiac Quilt fundraiser is running up until uh, the 22nd of January. So it would be great to be able to make that donation round about the time of Lunar Zodiac Year to the two organizations that it's going to. I love it. And do you have any plans for the quilt pattern beyond, like, I guess, once we get to the year of the rabbit? We had a rabbit for the last 14 years. Our little bun's called Rube, who unfortunately passed away in December. Oh, no. It seems sad that we're going into the year of the rabbit without our bunny, but he was an old boy. He was 14 years old and he'd had a good life. And so, uh, I, you know, I have the block already designed for that because actually I had designed that one way back because of the bunny, not because it was year of the rabbit yet, but I don't have any specific bunny related things. I think my daughter is going to get another bunny in the next few weeks, but Aside from that, it's not really related to the new, the new bunny will bring good luck with the timing. Hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I originally, so I wish I had the time as usual. I'm operating very last minute. Um, but yeah, no, just because with the, you know, with the book promotion, everything, I just haven't had the time and also visiting friends and family back in Australia and Hong Kong for the first time in four years since I moved to the US, um, so I didn't get enough time, but I originally wanted to create a foundation paper piece block of the white rabbit candy to, mm. yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I just, I can see it all over my feet now. Kathy <laughs> would love that. I will say that Kathy is a hardcore New Year decorator and she oh my God, yes. has been churning out bunnies, <laughs> literally like bunnies, <laughs> for the last yeah. couple of months, bags and like three-dimensional rabbits and everything. So I think her Instagram is 
Kathy, K-A-T-H-Y-L-O-O-I, Loy, 55 is I think her Instagram handle. And you can go and see all of her decorations that she's made. She also took incredible photographs of her Lunar Zodiac quilt. So for those of you interested, aside from the ones that you might see through your podcast, Kathy's pictures were taken at a temple in Kuala Lumpur and they're phenomenal. And Wendy's photographs are also phenomenal in uh, Chinatown in New York. So yeah, for all your New Year decorating ideas, hit up Kathy's feed. Yeah, it's really good. I I just don't believe, like, just, I don't know how she finds the time and effort to do that. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, my mom would be totally, like, loving her feed. I think she might be following her. I don't know. <laughs> I kind of also don't want to tell her to follow her just because then when she sees Kathy's feed, she'd be like, when do you can you yeah, make, make this you look for bad. me? <laughs> it's like, I want this. Did you see this? I want this. I mean, that's exactly what I would be worried about. Yeah. That's literally my friends, my high school friend who I guess is closer to my sister, her mom and I, hi, Mrs. Gandhi, if you're listening to this, she's, she's a quilter and we now follow each other on sewing Instagram, but like her posts are like fantastic in that it's, well, somebody made this. So then I had to make it too. <laughs> Well, we hope to be able to chat with Kathy someday as well and to and then definitely go online and check out her stuff. But uh, for those who are meeting Breen and Wendy for the first time, can you tell us, uh, tell you the listeners where you can find your online stores? So on Instagram, I'm at the.weekendquilter and my online store is the-weekendquilter.com. So you can find me at Happy So Lucky on Instagram. That's H-A-P-P-Y-S-E-W-L-U-C-K-Y. So as in so as in sewing. And there are links on my profile page there to my YouTube tutorials if you want to learn paper piecing. And I'm at happysolucky.com for my website. And my Etsy store is Happy So Lucky Shop. You can also find on Instagram more information about the Bursary slash Scholarship Fund, which is called Handmade Collective Awards, and that is an award fund at Toronto Metropolitan University set up for BIPOC and LGBTQ students, supported by sales of patterns and projects made by creative people of various creative sports. Thank you so much, Wendy and Breen, for joining us for today's episode. Listeners, we will have links to the Lunar Zodiac quote patterns, as well as links to both The Weekend Quilter and Happy So Lucky in our show notes. And from the Asian Zoas Collective, we wish you a happy Lunar New Year. Gong Shi Fatai, may you get rich. And Wen Si Rui, so that's the second saying in Mandarin. So may all your wishes come true. Thank you. Thank you, Barine and Wendy, for your time. Listeners, we will see you next week. Have a great Lunar New Year if you're celebrating. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thanks for being on. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode of the Asian Sewist Collective podcast. If you like our show, please consider supporting us on Coffee by becoming a one-time or monthly supporter, or new this season, buying our stickers and our very funny sewing labels. Your financial support helps us with overhead expenses and will allow us to give back to our all-volunteer team, who work super hard to provide you with new content each week. The link to our coffee page is ko-fi.com slash Asian Sewist Collective, and you can find the link in our show notes on our website and on our Instagram account. Check us out on Instagram at Asian Sewist Collective. That's one word, Asian Sewist Collective. 
And you can help us out by spreading the word and telling your friends. We would also appreciate it if you could rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All of the links and resources mentioned in today's episode will be in the show notes on our website. That's asiansewistcollective.com. And we'd love to hear from you. Email us with your questions, comments, or even voice messages if you want to be featured on future episodes at asiansewistcollective at gmail.com. This episode was brought to you by your co-hosts, Ada Chen and Nicole Angeline. This episode was researched by Cindy Chan. Produced by Mariko Abe. And edited by Serena Granger and Henry Wong. Thank you so much to the other members of our collective for making this week's episode a reality. This is the Asian Soist Collective podcast, and we'll see you next week.